Hi, it's Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. Thanks for taking a few minutes to listen in. Actually, I don't know if this is going to go on for a few minutes or an hour, but we'll find out. The topic today is 50 years in business. Corey Chambers, me. And uh, we have a lot to cover over this 50 years <laughs> because that's starting since I was three years old. If you uh, know of any property in Los Angeles or anywhere in California that you're interested in, let me know and we will send you a property information packet, free information on any property. And if you have a home you'd like to sell, you should know that I will guarantee the sale of your present home so that you don't need to worry about selling your old home when you buy your new home with our guaranteed sale program. We'll sell it at a price acceptable to you or I'll buy it for cash. So uh, 50 years in business. Does that mean that I've been doing real estate for 50 years? Not officially. I got my license in uh, about 10, uh, almost 10 years ago. So according to California, I've been a licensed real estate professional for just under 10 years. And then I got a broker's license about around four or five years ago, real estate broker license. So, but what about 50 years ago? What were we doing? We have a lot of territory to cover there because I want to mention other things involved in real estate before, um, before I got my license because um, generally we're always learning things. So one thing I know I was good at uh, well before real estate was um, being, inter- well, being interested in real estate, being interested in business and all things financial, and, uh, and then marketing as a profession, uh, marketing for, for about 40 years, 30, at least 30 uh, years of marketing experience. Uh, and a big, uh, a big chunk of real estate, of being a real estate agent, real estate broker, is, being, is doing marketing. Because you gotta do marketing to get your clients, and then you gotta do marketing for the clients to uh, help them to uh, find homes that are especially a good deal. Uh, uh, homes that are not even on the internet, and, uh, homes that are not listed with other brokers. Uh, that way you can do a better job than what other brokers and real estate agents are, are doing and also, of course, um, got to do marketing to find people who want to sell their home as well. And uh, landlords and renters, uh, developers, builders. So uh, let's go ahead and start back 50 years ago. That'd be, that was roughly 1969. 1969, that's when um, people, astronauts, were landing on the moon for the first time, and that's one of my first memories, is people uh, landing on the moon, walking on the moon, blasting off uh, stuff. That was what was on television, along with the, um, the, it was not the Raiders, what was the Los Angeles football team, the, the Rams? Was it the Los Angeles Rams in 1969? Can't say for sure, you, t- uh, you tell me. So, but I remember seeing uh, football on TV, black and white televisions. 
in our home, our house in Compton, California. Uh, Compton, there's some a uh, little bit of gentrifying going on, but that neighborhood where I lived in uh, was always a beautiful neighborhood. It's still a very beautiful neighborhood. It looks uh, very similar to what it used to look like in 1969. So, um, the stores nearby and stuff probably look different. Schools look pretty similar. So, um, but business, I mentioned this in one of my most recent broadcasts that one of my first exciting memories was going to a store um, when I was four or five. But uh, before that, one of my first memories was doing a chocolate stand, like a lemonade stand that sort of came accidentally because uh, we just were making chocolates, melting chocolates and putting them into plastic molds. Um, And then we made too many. And so my dad and brother thought it would be fun to to sell them um, and make a chocolate stand in front of the house that was there in Compton. So... um, that's what we did. So that was my first business thing. Is like, hey, you've got uh, something you can make extra, and then you can sell the the extra ones, and then you have money that you could spend on other things, toys, uh, or whatever you want to spend it on. Um, my. Uh, I was also paying close attention to our real estate at the time. That house was uh, a good deal. It was uh, a duplex. I guess it was a triplex because it, uh, it was a duplex house plus uh, an apartment over the garage. It had uh, two car garage, uh, two separate garages. It might have been a three or four car garage. If I recall correctly, and then had uh, they rented out the apartment over, over the um, garage. And then we had a duplex house that was sometimes it was rented out the extra space, and then sometimes when they felt we had enough money, they um, we used both units. So we had two kitchens uh, at one point, and plenty of bedrooms and, and uh, bathrooms. And so I was always inquisitive, so I was always asking my dad, you know, how much did you pay for this? What are the details? So that house, uh, three units, a beautiful Spanish-style house, by the way, with a nice backyard. Uh, At the time, it seemed like a large backyard, although now uh, it was probably just a medium-sized backyard. Come here. Um, $18,000 for three units. So that's when my dad had a union job, and it was the union job that paid for that, for that house. Um, so uh, they did buy it. I'm lucky enough to come from a, a very diverse, mixed, interracial family. Uh, we, uh, I think that neighborhood had already experienced a certain amount of white flight. I think they might have called it back then in, in the 60s or something. Uh, 
we're not really allowed to use those terms for real estate these days, but I'm talking about a talk about historically what people were calling it uh, but the price had come down a little bit at that time in the late 60s when my dad bought it so it's kind of helped make the home more affordable I suppose uh, we uh, liked our neighbors I used to play with the neighbors there and it was always very safe uh, on our street in Compton um, except for when my dad's uh, friend was showing off his motorcycle, popped a wheelie and crashed. I remember that because that was quite dramatic. That was, I think, the first uh, time I'd ever seen like a, an automobile accident. It was him crashing on his motorcycle. and I don't, I don't think they had to call the ambulance, but I think he got slightly hurt in the motorcycle. I remember some pieces came off of the motorcycle, so. Uh, but he didn't, he didn't die or anything like that. But, so that was a real estate, beautiful house. That was one of my first memories of real estate. Um, but as far as the business part, that's what I was talking about, the chocolate stand, is actually helping to conduct business, helping my brother and my dad to sell that, our extra chocolate at, at the same time from that same house. And then there, there were, uh, I was, then I remember going with my mother shopping all the time. She bought me something uh, that I liked from a secondhand store. I think it was some kind of little cooking implement. And now I still cook too much to this day when I should be doing other things 12 or 18 hours a day. I uh, get up and cook, but I, uh, but I have to get up and stand up and do some things physically standing. I can't just sit at my computer for 18 hours. I will uh, probably end up in the hospital and very unhealthy uh, very quickly. So selling things in school, oh, lemonade stands, selling things door to door, selling things for charity, for, for school, selling um, seeds, selling uh, things out of catalogs for school and also for um, just for myself, for my own learning, like Olympic greeting cards and um, Olympic greeting, greeting cards and just other items door to door. Then once in junior high, we bought a bunch of Pier 1 Imports was a little more eclectic back then. And they got some pencils, these giant pencils with little sort of Chinese wooden figures on them. They were extra huge pencils. Right at that same time, pencil fighting became a thing. Pencil fighting in junior high school. But it became such a big thing that teachers were starting to complain, principal, vice principal, saying no more pencil fighting because it was uh, disruptive. So, but right at that same time, I got all these pencils for only five cents each for these ginormous pencils. And so people would, you know, challenge other kids to pencil fight and then the kids would 
pull out this huge, enormous <laughs> pencil that I bought for five cents and they bought off of me for 25 cents. So that was one of our... Uh, and then once I had a bag full of those pencils, right after they made it clear they don't want anyone pencil fighting, and then I walked by the vice principal, had the bag under my jacket, and then I uh, dropped the whole bag of these giant pencils right next to the um, vice principal. So I don't think uh, uh, I don't think I was punished, other than that they. They took away the uh, bag of pencils and they kept it. Teachers were good at taking things away and just keeping them for their own uh, personal use, which is not exactly legal or ethical. I had once brought a few couple years before that, I brought a uh, stamp collection, part of my stamp collection to school because I thought it was very interesting uh, because one of the stamps had... Um, a, a nude you know a nude lady a historic painting of a nude lady so even then I knew that if it's a historic painting with a partially nude lady that that was that was not porn or anything illegal that was just a piece of art but the teacher just saw it another way saying oh you can't have breasts in elementary school I'm going to have to take that and put it in my stamp collection is uh, what, what, uh, what she did. Uh, she was not my teacher. My teacher probably would not have kept it, but some other teachers took it. Anyway, um, stamp. So after that, we, uh, I found a catalog that had t- like 2,000 items in it where we could just show the catalog to people they could place an order they could pay uh, for the item up front or deposit or whatever and then I would uh, order it and pay the wholesale price and then pocket the difference and then I could also recruit my friends to do the same thing I recruited a couple friends but of course they were not uh, they were not too good at um, selling the stuff one of them did sell a couple things but then when the customers received the items they were they were not happy I think one lady bought a um, a tea set and she did not realize that it was a miniature she thought she was paying you know 10 bucks for an entire China tea set um, which would have been an extraordinary deal but it was a miniature she didn't see she did not see the word miniature and I guess she, she did not look at the dimensions of them and so uh, anyway that was they, they did they had a quality problem which is interesting because they used to say in their marketing in their advertising that uh, their quality was so high our quality is so good testimonials oh their quality is so good this was by the way this was SMC specialty merchandise corporation um and to me, it was like quality was the only problem. Everything else was pretty good. They were, um, they were not 100% accurate in getting the right items. They were, some items were discontinued, some were out of stock. Um, but the main problem was the quality. Uh, they were um, cheap. I mean, they were doing the cheap Chinese products before 
cheap Chinese products became mainstream and less cheap and crappy. So, uh, real estate. In the meantime, I would be always be asking my parents, you know, what's the deal with this house? How much did you pay for this house? So my, my parents got divorced. My mother and stepdad bought a house for, I think it was maybe $27,000 for that house. It was a small, smaller house in Norwalk in 1970, I think they bought it. Uh, and that was, I liked that neighborhood. Uh, for the most part, that was in Norwalk. That was a pretty good neighborhood. I used to walk to school, never saw any bullies or crime or anything. The only crime I ever saw was when me and my friends almost burned down the church across the street because we were playing with fire in the uh, field. The church had, church had um, some yellow grass, you know, at the end of the summer. And then we lit it on fire. But it got put out. And my friend got in more trouble than I did. Um, so what else? That's where I was selling a lot of things door to door and stuff too. Uh, then we, then my parents, my stepdad saw that some friends and relatives had gone into the beauty shop business. And so he said, oh, well, I guess I'll go into the beauty shop business because I can ask all these people, you know, how they're doing it, uh, how they're making it. And one of the most particularly, one friend at my, a shop that my mother worked at as a hairdresser called Lindell's. Lindell's, I don't remember the city that it was in. It might have been near, probably was not too far from um, Downey or uh, some city near there. But my um, stepdad opened a beauty shop at that time called around 1974, 75, probably 75. Uh, and he called it um, Her Hair, His Hair. And her hair, his hair became a big success. And uh, he knew marketing pretty well. He was into really taking care of the customer. And he knew that um, uh, his secret was not only was he extremely charismatic, handsome young man, uh, very attractive man, uh, popular with the ladies, very uh, outgoing, social, uh, excellent personality, very friendly, very aggressive uh, person, a um, very ambitious, so uh, energetic. Um, he wasn't perfect, but he was um, certainly very impressive and generally uh, very generous. So he, uh, he would give some free um, drinks to his clients, you know, the ones that were over 21. Although in those days, you could probably give some drinks to people that were under 21. And then he uh, made a, he had a friend who was an illustrator, animator, create some, a cartoon commercial, and he put it in the local movie theater. In fact, the movie theater was, I think, in the same shopping center as his hair, as her hair, his hair. And uh, the reason why I'm telling you this is because since the shop was successful, we were able to move 
within a year or two um, to a house that cost um, more than double, triple, uh, triple, more than triple of what that small house was. We bought kind of a little mansion almost. It was a little bit of a fixer. It was just needed to be updated because it was it was a luxury small mansion I would say I would say small mansion because it was uh, it had the amenities of a mansion it had um, not just a swimming pool it had this enormous hot tub spa that was built like before hot tub spas were really um, designed before the modern day hot tub spa so it was built as a like a mini swimming pool uh, but it was a hot tub. So in those days, they didn't really, they didn't, had not really invented the uh, motorized thing full of seats that we are now familiar with today. It was a thing that was too deep, <laughs> too deep. And uh, so it was actually a pool that was just, a, I guess, a warm swimming pool, extra warm swimming pool or a hot swimming pool indoor and, and uh, much smaller than a swimming pool but much bigger than a hot tub so uh, then we also had um, tennis courts in our backyard basketball courts we had um, was tether ball that I was good at being a uh, you know being a uh, sort of gender neutral Boy, I enjoyed playing tetherball because I could beat the I could not beat the boys, but I could beat the girls. Um, so I tried to find that niche. <laughs> um, there was one girl that was able to beat me at tetherball, Spider Girl, because she was good. She she knew she knew tetherball, and she could. Uh, I was the only one that knew how to really play it until I met her and found that she knew all of my techniques and she was more experienced because I had only been playing it for, I think, less than a year. I think she had been playing tetherball her whole life. So she beat me and she got got the uh, blue ribbon or red ribbon, whatever ribbon they gave out to the winner, and I got the number two ribbon. So that house was, we sold our $27,000 house, which was a small house, and we bought this big, um, the house also had a, like a rumpus room or guest room, and it had a patio with a pool table and a ping pong table, both next to that huge hot tub spa. Um, And then I became uh, kind of, a nouveau rich little brat. I got kicked out of my friend's house. I think just for being... I don't think I was being particularly bratty. I was just being um, rambunctious and uh, um, prob- and wearing out my welcome, probably. Which I'm pretty good at doing, I guess. Because um, at that age, I, no one ever taught me about wearing out your welcome until as they were throwing me out and throwing my shoes out of the door, he said, 
They said, you've worn out your welcome. You've worn out your welcome. <laughs> That's what I learned at age 10 or 11 uh, about wearing out your welcome. Um, so that was that house. And then, and then we were on welfare a year later because my mother got a divorce from him. And then we were on welfare, renting a house for, it was probably 300 to 400 a month back then in 1975, 76, uh, in Lakewood, good neighborhood, but um, my mother could not really afford it very easily. She was broke much of the time. So... um, and then my dad, at the same time, had sold his house. He and my, his new wife had sold that house in Compton. And then they bought a house in Linwood, and then they sold that house in Linwood um, after that. So that's pretty much uh, it. What else? What's the most important chapters in that story of real estate. Um, My parents mostly both rented for the next decades after that. And they... um, So we were generally renters most of the time after that because they made some, you know, got some divorces and made some other expensive decisions. Uh, So... Fast forward to after I got out of the Air Force in 1990, I uh, met a friend who owned a little bit of real estate. He was a, a, teach, a teacher, and he had been able to buy. He was actually renting a place, but then he bought a condo in Los Alamitos and said, I think I'm going to sell this condo in Los Alamitos because the price is going down too much. And I said, well... Um, that's not the best time to be selling unless you have big plans for the money, uh, which he didn't have plans to spend the money, so he would have been losing money. So he took my advice. I was only 24 years old at the time, and he held on to that condo. Then he sold it for five or ten years later and made a big, tidy profit and was able to use that to buy some properties, several properties in Texas, and then to buy a a house in Santa Ana. And then uh, uh, that's pretty much it. I I had had been wanting to buy a condo since condos were very cheap in 1995. I wanted to buy a house, but my income was too spotty. It was too up and down. My employment was too up and down because I'm entrepreneurial. Difficult to hold down a job and difficult to uh, make enough money as an entrepreneur. I had always struggled as an entrepreneur. Just like um, Colonel Sanders struggled as an entrepreneur until he was 80 years old. Got rich at 80, which happens to a lot of people, and right now I'm very much in between struggling and wealthy, 
like most real estate agents, I go uh, back and forth. And I'm trying to get to the point to where it's not that important for me to be stable, but I want to be able to hire other agents and make things stable for them as a part of my organization. So that's what I've been trying to offer to other agents so far. have not uh, hired any good agents with that offer. So I think we're going to change our offer or change our business. But uh, real estate's shrinking right now. So uh, real estate is down 75%. Number of transactions is only a quarter of what it was a couple years ago in Los Angeles near downtown, the area that I've been. So uh, I have to be willing to make some changes, make moves if necessary, and to do whatever is necessary. So if you're listening and you are selling quantum computers for $20 million each and you need someone who knows how to do million-dollar big-ticket items, who has successful experience doing that, let me know because I know quantum computers pretty well. Um, from the standpoint of being able to, to, to sell them, knowing the benefits and uh, benefits and so forth. And uh, we're going to end this because, uh, come here, I've got to protect my dog. Bye.